0: Well, it is a blue Monday in some regard because there are now six deaths in America. Everyone who understands how epidemiology works and how epidemics work understand that they start out in a very small cluster and they grow. However, if you're in the radio business and you're used to uh, horse crapping people for so many years, what you say is that there is no epidemic and that it's all fear-based being created by the Democrats. That's very unfortunate, it's also irresponsible, it's also dangerous, because everybody in the business of virology and epidemiology knows this is a pandemic that is emerging, and yet radio hosts who know nothing, who pretended to know something, are now pretending to know everything about this epidemic, and they're doing America a disservice, a very dangerous disservice to have you go to sleep and think there's nothing to worry about. Let me be clear. I, Michael Savage, am trying to slow the spread of the virus to help both the people and the president. That is what higher education is for, to help people, to bring them knowledge and enlightenment, to help people. And today, I will attempt to explain the difference between mortality rates, which is something you don't learn at Missouri State while dribbling a basketball, and morbidity rates, I would try to explain basic epidemiology, which is what you learn the first week you take a graduate course in epidemiology today. I will also explain to you what steps you might take to reduce your risk of contracting the COVID-19 or coronavirus pandemic. There are some practical steps you can take. I told you some of them last week. Maybe you laughed at me. It began with such common sense uh, I told you I fist bump now, for a guy my age to fist bump is really odd, and then people smile and say that makes sense during an epidemic. I don't shake hands, I haven't for years. I wouldn't even shake hands before there was a coronavirus outbreak. It's one of the most primitive ways and uh, of transferring pathogens is shaking someone's hand. It's a brutish custom, and it uh, can easily be eliminated and in fact, you want to think about the Chinese themselves. Don't shake hands. It goes back to ancient times when you saw the pictures, perhaps, of the ancients in China who had their hands inside their long sleeves where they would shake their own hand when they met a stranger. Remember that? Put two hands together, that kind of image. And there was a reason for it because they had epidemics in China and they were very intelligent. They knew not to uh, be brutish and idiotic about it. I don't touch light switches in public places. I do not lift the gasoline dispenser in a gas station with my bare hand. Not only because I'm afraid of the pathogens, but also because I don't want the gasoline uh, transferring through my skin. I'm going to go into some of the other things you can do that are commonsensical uh, on the Savage Nation today to reduce your risk of contracting uh, the coronavirus pandemic that is now spreading with uh, six deaths. But before I do that, I'm going to ask you, what are you doing to prevent getting the virus yourself? Have you Altered your habits or lifestyle in any way? I know many of you have. I know from friends in San Francisco that reservations for all the upscale restaurants are way down. I know that Chinatown is suffering from a lack of customers now in their restaurants. So believe me, although um, some will tell you that there's nothing to worry about, the average person is not that stupid and they are changing their lifestyle. So let me begin. By first trying to explain in simple terms, you don't have to have gone past high school to understand this. Yes, the mortality rate is rather low for the coronavirus right now. It's low right now. But there's a difference between morbidity rates and mortality rates. And interestingly enough, the CDC itself puts out a weekly bulletin called Morbidity and Mortality, And they break it down by state with all of the known illnesses, okay, and conditions. Mortality and morbidity, they're two different things. So what does that have to do with this epidemic? Because people have asked me, uh, what does it mean? While the mortality rate, meaning the number of people who die from it, is currently low, the morbidity rate is high. What do I mean by the morbidity rate? That is the duration of the infection and how long it debilitates an individual. Also, the reinfection rate of this coronavirus is very high. In fact, people have reported getting well, and two weeks later, they get sick a second time. This is a very intelligent virus. Now, you may say, oh, viruses aren't intelligent. Well, you could say that if you want, but the facts prove otherwise. The virologist will tell you that viruses are very intelligent. They have a different kind of intelligence. Now, for all the Kool-Aid drinkers out there with their heads in the sand who have bought the big lie that this epidemic is no worse than a common cold, you're doing yourself and the nation great harm if you ignore this threat and you do nothing to uh, reduce your own risk. It has seven times the fatality rate for seasonal flu, by the way, which is estimated to kill between 290,000 and 650,000 people a year globally. It has seven times the fatality rate for seasonal flu. And it has a case fatality rate of between two percent to four percent, which rivals and even exceeds that of the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic, which is estimated to have killed upwards of 50 million people. Now, even a case fatality rate of zero point seven percent, which means seven out of every uh, seven out of every thousand infected people would die, should alarm us. You say, well, it's true elsewhere, but not in our America. We're different. That's what you're hearing from the ignoramuses in the radio media. But we're not really different. Uh, Viruses do not discriminate. Microbes do not discriminate. I wrote that in 1983 in my great best-selling book, Maximum Immunity, which, by the way, is in seven languages. I know you didn't hear about it. I don't promote it. I don't talk about it. But during the AIDS epidemic, I became fascinated by, uh, let us say, the immune system, and by viruses and I studied some on the issue and I wrote a book called Maximum Immunity what you can do to stimulate your own immune system and it was a very big book here in America without a radio show it went into a number of languages uh which is interesting because people naturally want to know what to do to protect themselves not only against uh, this particular virus but against uh, other other pathogens okay and they they practice common sense your mother things your mother told you make sense uh Now, there are mild cases that are undetected. That is why it's spreading. Otherwise, it would not be spreading because we would know where those cases are and they would be contained and controlled and that would be the end of it. So remember, there are mild cases that are undetected, like a typhoid Mary type of situation. And that's why you need to take common sense, practical steps to reduce your risk of contracting the coronavirus. Do you hear me? Are you you hearing me out there? There is a difference between morbidity and mortality. I earned my PhD in this field at the University of California at Berkeley, which had more Nobel Prize winners than any other university in America at the time. And even the CDC is not referencing morbidity incidents of corona. Try to learn something about this. Try to go beyond what you are hearing in the media. Moreover, Viruses mutate rapidly. We do not yet know the extent or range of the mortality rate. Uh, Further, secondary infections are another concern. Thirdly, while not fatal initially, the morbidity rate is very high. Infected, people cannot work, shop, attend events, and so on. That's what I mean by this. So my job today is only one. I have only one job. It's not to sell you a product. It is not to um, win friends and influence people. It's not to get invited to the White House. In fact, I'm sure I'm on the the blacklist again, as I've been off and on for years, because whenever I speak about something that goes against the the government in some way, uh, I'm sure they don't like it. But this is actually an attempt on my part to protect the American people, to reduce the risk of this disease, to limit its spread. And in so doing, I'm actually helping this administration, not harming it. Those harming the administration are those telling you, oh, it's not an epidemic. (laughs) Oh, it's not an epidemic. It's all fear-based. Go out and uh, hug somebody in a Chinese restaurant. (laughs) Oh, I don't lie to you. (laughs) Go out and uh, lick a doorknob. (laughs) Take my advice. That is so irresponsible. It's shocking that anybody can get away with that. I am trying to reduce the risk of this disease, limit its spread in America, and in so doing limit its effect on the American economy, and of course, in some ways, and indirectly, not directly, actually help the president. But that's not my number one goal. My number one goal is to spread the truth. My number one goal is to protect you. I'm not selling you anything. I don't care what you buy. I'm trying to slow the spread of the virus to help both the people and the president, That is what higher education is for, to help people, to bring them knowledge and enlightenment, not to enrich yourself. Now, let me go back to the prevention story. What are you doing to prevent getting the virus? Have you altered any of your habits or lifestyle in any way? And what can you do? I will tell you about it. I'll also tell you, this is very interesting, how to tell if you have the coronavirus, the flu, or a cold. Because it's difficult to tell, unless you've been tested by a medical personality. Because it's hard. Because in all of those illnesses, the spectrum of disease is very wide and broad. In other words, there's a spectrum of a cold. There's a spectrum of uh, the flu. There's a spectrum of the coronavirus. And even in the coronavirus, you could have a milder case with just a cough and a runny nose, but no fever. And also some people who test positive uh, show no symptoms. They're asymptomatic. No symptoms at all. And of course, you need to know the difference between the cold, the flu, and a coronavirus. I'll help you with that. I'll help you with some commonsensical steps you can take. And before I take my first break, I tweeted the following, and it is enormously interesting to the to the, the world of, of Twitterites, I said, this is apparently a very intelligently designed bioweapon. It has a high recurrence rate. That's how it was designed by the evil doctors who created this uh, virus. And I said, as a trained epidemiologist, ask me why there's a high cluster of cases in Iran. Did you think about that? In other words, you have a high case in China. We know that's where it started, allegedly. But yet there are large clusters in Italy now, but uh larger cluster in Iran, so you use deductive logic. You use reason, and you say, well, why is that? Here's my theory, because Chinese scientists were in Iran working on a bioweapon or working on a nuclear weapon in Iran, and the virus escaped either from the bioweapons lab or it escaped from the Chinese workers who were working on a nuclear project With the Iranians, God works in
1: strange ways. The Savage Nation. It's Savage on Demand.
0: You know, here's a good ad coming up. I hope I never need it, but have you ever thought about what happens if a medical emergency arises when you're far away from home? Are you prepared? Well, you'll say it'll never happen to me, but it can when you least expect it, especially in these times. What happens if a medical emergency occurs and you're out of the country? or out of the state, there's Air MedCare Network. They take you to the nearest hospital. And if you're a member, you'll see no out-of-pocket costs related to your flight. Air MedCare, that's right. You won't pay a dime when transported by an Air MedCare provider. That's AMCN provider. Now, you should know this. Health insurance may not cover the full cost of emergency medical transport. No. And even with comprehensive coverage, you could still get hit with... Substantial deductibles and co-pays if you need to be transported by a plane. Please sign up for an AirMedCare Network membership. AMCN is the largest air ambulance membership network with more than 3 million members. It costs as little as $85 for your entire household and protects you whether you're at home or traveling. I'm also a member of AMCN. You ought to be. Let me ask you now, for $85, can you afford not to have this? And here's the deal. Right now, as part of the Savage Nation, you'll get up to a $50 gift card when you join AMCN. Just go to the special website, airmedcarenetwork.com slash savage, and please use code savage. I'll repeat it again. airmedcarenetwork.com slash savage, and then use the code savage. Once again, you may need this. You'll thank me. airmedcarenetwork.com slash savage. And then plug in code savage. You'll thank me. <music> Alarming video show Iranians licking holy shrines in religious tradition. You could see it on the Drudge Report. So if you want to join that crowd of licking holy shrines in religious tradition and not taking reasonable precautions, be my guest. You know, it's like drinking to excess, it's like smoking. Uh, cigars and thinking nothing will happen to you i mean i don't smoke it killed my father so i never i smoked for a few years when i was young who would smoke if they have a brain in their head who would smoke and say no, it's not going to affect me nobody the same mentality now is spreading with this oh i don't have to do anything you're going to get it you're going to get it i'm going to live the way because i'm a real macho guy stupid that's stupid you talk about um risky what do they call it unprotected sex didn't unprotected sex kind of go out in America once we had the HIV epidemic? Now people are again practicing. What is it called? I don't even know what the word is. Where you practice without a condom and stuff? Abstinence. No, no, not abstinence. Some kind of safe sex. Safe sex was in po- popularity, uh, for, popular for a while in America because people didn't want to get HIV. And then they say, oh, I don't, I don't need to practice safe sex." The same thing with this. You don't want reasonable precautions, so don't. It's your life. Do what you want. But, you know, in an age of an epidemic, a government may have to step in and prevent people from practicing risky behavior in order to slow the spread of a disease that is spreading. Do you get what I'm saying to you? Now, if you want to believe it's all nonsense and blown up by Democrats, then you're a bigger fool than your wife thought you were, which is before she left you. You're more of a blockhead than your wife said you were, if you want to think that way. I know what's coming tomorrow, the Super Tuesday, and I'm supposed to talk about Biden and mock him like a moron and call him plugs and call Bloomberg mini-mic. I'm not going to revert to name-calling. How about exchanging ideas about these people? Would that work for you?
1: Michael Savage, a host like no other. It is the uh,
0: Savage Nation giving you uh okay turn off the sound i right, turn off the music already they can't um so all around the world uh the coronavirus is changing global habits in every country but america especially the red blooded americans the uh, people who think that they're conservative republicans they're too masculine to change their lifestyle they're going to smoke more cigars they're going to drink more whiskey they're going to get double orders of bacon and when they Barbecue that steak, they're going to make sure it's even got more uh, uh, benzopyrenes on it. They're going to make it even blacker. To show they're real men, they're not going to follow any of the advice of Michael Savage. We don't care about his Ph.D. I mean, what, what, what's the difference about what his education is? Now, of course, in, in the world at large, they don't listen to talk radio. And Habits are changing. In Paris, no handshakes. No kissing on the cheeks anymore. All around the world, the people are changing their daily habits at work, at home, and in worship, but not in America, where real red-blooded Americans live. And so the news service AFP looked at how habits are changing around the world due to the coronavirus, but of course not in America, where people feel it's not an epidemic or a pandemic. They listen to talk radio, and if talk radio says it isn't, it isn't. The virus is afraid of talk radio hosts. The virus cowers and hides in America. But going to Beijing, the capital, of the country where the outbreak began, people are told not to shake hands, as I told you, but to join their own hands together in a sign of greeting, as I told you. In fact, loudspeakers tell people in China to make the traditional gong shu gesture, which is a fist in the opposite palm to say, hello, I told you that. I now fist bump. I mean, I learned from the guys in the ghetto. They were right. Uh, you don't shake hands. First of all, the other guy can grab your hand and throw you to the ground if he's a martial artist. That's number one. But aside from that... You spread pathogens by shaking hands. So they're not doing it in China. But then again, if you live in America, you can keep doing it. Shake hands. You can kiss religious statues. In France, handshaking has been told, stop it. No kissing on the cheek. Um, In Brazil, citizens are told not to share the metal straws used to uh, consume the South American drink, mate, known there as chimaro. And they're told to stop kissing strangers. In Germany they are being told not to shake hands. In Spain, there's a cherished tradition, the kissing of sculptures of the Virgin Mary in the week leading up to Easter. And they're about to ban the ritual. And the national health official, Fernando Simon, said uh, that during the Holy Week, the faithful queue up to kiss the hands or feet of sculptures of Mary and the saints, seeking their protection and their, well, they're thinking of eliminating that But not in America. I think in America you should kiss statues and listen to talk radio because that will protect you. You can pray to the god of absurdity and kiss a statue. In Romania, the uh, people, the government, uh, who don't know as much as talk radio hosts in America, has urged people to hand over the flowers and talismans, uh, uh, which are the uh, talismans in this time where they hand out flowers. It says, give the flowers but not the kiss. In Poland, again, they don't know as much as those in conservative circles in America. The faithful are allowed to take spiritual communion instead of consuming the communal bread. But then again, they haven't listened to American talk radio where they can eat the wafer. In fact, in America, I would think that if you're a a good religious Christian conservative, a Catholic at that, you should take the wafer from someone with the virus to show it's not a pandemic. Because then you'll show you're a real red-blooded American. In, in Poland, the faithful are also being told not to dip their hands in the holy water when going in and out of the church. But in America, uh, the conservatives dip their minds into the holy water of bullcrap, and they're thinking that it won't affect them if only they think it's not an epidemic and there's nothing to worry about. In Iran, where 66 have been killed, a video has gone viral showing three friends meeting, hands in their pockets, two of whom are wearing masks, tapping their feet against each other as a greeting. But then again, they're not intelligent in Iran. Uh, in, in Lebanon, there's a, a, a video where a singer and a comedian tap their feet against each other while waking, kissing noises with their mouths. But then again, they're not as evolved uh, as uh, conservative uh, hosts are in America. In the UAE, as well as Qatar, I can't pronounce that country. I still can't. I call it gutter, Qatar. Citizens are being told to stop the traditional nose-to-nose greeting. The Arabs did that. Oh, that's what they had long. Is that why the Arabs did a nose-to-nose greeting? Is that why they have long noses or is that how they got long? Anyway, they're told not to do it. The UAE also said that people shouldn't shake hands anymore or kiss, greet each other by waving. But then again, they're not as evolved as American conservatives. So, as I say, smoke those tobacco cigars, uh, eat that uh, barbecued meat, don't take any vitamins. That's all hokum. They don't know as much as. I mean,. What did Linus Pauling, a double Nobel Prize winner, know about vitamins? Nothing. Nothing. He didn't go to Missouri State and study basketball weaving or something like that. No, no, no. Don't take vitamins. Smoke the cigars. Eat the burnt meat. Kiss a stranger. Kiss a statue. Take no precautions whatsoever. But you see, there's only so much sarcasm that I can inflict upon the audience here in America because most of you have been brainwashed and although we all know that there is an epidemic that's become a pandemic we do know that six people died not two as reported on radio this morning six now that's how epidemics start small and then they spread because uh, even midgets starts whatever I mean that's how it started great oaks from little acorns grow let's put it that way Uh, Health workers know there's a danger everyone knows there's a danger except the true believers the true believers live off the false promise that it won't affect them So my friends, uh, if you don't care about this, I'm going to tell you what you can do to limit the upcoming pandemic There's a fabulous article by dr. James Robb a pathologist formerly at UC San Diego that I received this morning from a friend in the media And he says he was a professor of pathology at the University of California, San Diego. He was one of the first molecular virologists in the world to work on coronaviruses in the 1970s. Now remember, the common cold is a coronavirus. The flu is from a coronavirus, but a different type. And he says he was the first to demonstrate the number of genes the virus contained. He's one of the early pioneers in this. And um, he has kept up with the coronavirus. Field and its multiple clinical transfers into the UN population through SARS and mirrors from different animal sources. That's called a zoonotic infection, which I first taught you about years ago. Remember, I explained what zoonotic infections were about 15 years ago on this show and how syphilis is thought to have spread via zoonotic transmission. When the Spaniards were in South America, uh, they apparently had relations with the Yama. And you say, that's a joke, it's funny. Well, that was one of the theories in epidemiology. The Spaniards were, you know, without their women. And they they figured a Yama, whatever. And they got the disease from the Yama. It was in the Yama world. And they brought it back to Spain and infected the population. That's how it spread syphilis in Europe. So it's not the European pox. So that's one theory. That's a zoonotic infection. So what can you do? What are the precautions you can take? Same that I do during a flu season. I I do the same thing during the flu season. Uh, I don't shake hands, I haven't for years. I do the ghetto fist bump. Now at first when you do a fist bump, people will think you're a weirdo. So what, suffer social, uh, you know, ostracization, be be ostracized, what do you care? Just smile and say the the people in the, I, I do the fist bump because, and they say, you know, you're right. I was in the house of worship on Saturday And after the service, you're supposed to, like, shake a neighbor's hand or hug them. So I gave a fist bump to this elderly gentleman next to me. He smiled. I said, no, no, not during the season of of coronavirus or the flu. I don't want to shake. So he smiled. He said, you know, you're smart. He said, the woman next to me hugged me. And then she said to me, everyone in her family has the flu except her. I said, how nice of her. What a smart lady. When you're in a public place, don't open a door with your um, hand. Just don't. First of all, you want to hear something weird? Is I wear gloves now wherever I go. A supermarket, a building. I wear gloves. But you can do it other ways. You use the, uh, the hip. You know the hip way of opening a door? Men know this from uh, men's rooms in, in most places. Men have, for years, if you look in a men's room, you see a basket for paper towels on the way out, right? So you can open the door with your hip. Don't grab the handle with your hand. Uh, a bathroom, post office, commercial doors. Do you use disinfectant wipes at, at grocery stores where they're available? I do. My grocery store has it. It's a nice market. You wipe the handle in the child's seat. They're, they're, they're dirty. They're filthy. Everyone knows this. Uh, when you get home, you have to wash your hands with soap for 10 to 20 seconds. And why do you do that? Or use a sanitizer? Why? Why do you wash your hands with soap? How does that help? by the way, when you wash it. What does soap actually do to the virus? In a a short version of this, whether it's a cold virus or a flu virus, what does soap actually do? Now, I come from a hand-washing family. It's in my tradition. My dad worked in his store. He was an inveterate hand-washer, and I picked it up from him. If I sat down to a dinner table, the first thing my mother would say is, go wash your hands. That's what we did, not about the flu it was commonsensical going back hundreds of years. But if you look at America today, I'm shocked, even in movies, you see people coming in from the outdoors and they sit down and eat dinner right? because they've lost all common sense about these things. So why do you wash hands? Well, soap contains a, um, an element of the soap, which I'll give you in a second here. I want to get it exactly right is the washing of hands is very important. The coronavirus is held in a capsule, in a viral envelope, that consists of a fatty layer which repels water, okay? Now, detergents or soaps attack lipids. They cut grease, you know that. And they dissolve the envelope around the virus. And it exposes the payload inside the virus which is rapidly destroyed and so washing your hands with detergent or strong soap is is very effective to destroy the virus particles on the skin that's as long as the detergent reaches every part of the hands and has enough time to attack the envelope of the virus particles ethanol based hand sanitizers such as purell are also highly effective But listen to me, plain old soap and water will get the job done if you use it properly. That is why hand washing is so important. Now again, if you're in talk radio, you don't have to wash your hands. You can go right from uh, kissing a religious icon of a conservative uh, figure uh, right to your dinner table. You can even rub your hands against your food if you want, against bread. But uh, if you have any intelligence, you'll wash your hands before sitting down to eat. You'll take your shoes off at the door very important that you use common sense i'm trying to help reduce the spread of the virus and in 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 an interesting way actually help the president so why are you seeing my commonsensical advice as being critical of president trump when the opposite is true and this has nothing to do with president trump do you understand that can you separate president trump from everything on the earth If a meteor falls out of the sky, it would have nothing to do with President Trump, pro or con. It wouldn't prove that the liberals purposely threw the meteor down on the earth to destroy the economy. It's the same here. Stop it for two minutes. For two minutes, try to use your brain, engage your brain. This is not mysticism. These are practical tips to reduce your risk of contracting this coronavirus.
1: A Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. It is. What are you
0: doing to prevent getting the virus? Have you altered your habits or lifestyle in any way, or are you of the opinion that it makes no difference because you are a student of talk radio? Uh, In other news, Netanyahu is projected to win most votes in Israel's election. I do not understand why the Israelis do not have term limits. You know, as wonderful and as great as a man may be, I thank God we have term limits in America, or Obama would have been president for the next 50 years. We need term limits. So do the Israelis. As good as he is, it's time to turn it off. See, because power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. The longer anyone is in office, and the more they aggrandize power and systems, the more corrupt they are. And uh, that's why term limits make sense. The Israelis, you know, no term limits over there. So he's been there forever. I guess it's good for Fox News. He could be a guest forever. They know the uh, direct dial to his cell phone, so they don't have to worry about getting uh, through to the new president. And meanwhile, on the other side of the aisle, we have the morons saying climate change could wipe out half the world's beaches. During the Democrat campaign, we had, what, three years to live, then six years to live, then nine years to live till the world came to an end. I guess they stopped that because they sure it wasn't polling very well the global hyster- global warming hysteria is over for a while i'm sad that klobuchar dropped down i didn't like her in the beginning she looked like a church bake sale type she turned out to be very centrist and very intelligent and um, i hope she stays in the race like as a vp candidate with uh, with biden That we hear more from her she's very smart I wouldn't vote for her but she's smart
1: And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times bestselling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage.
2: We're seeing the beginning of community spread, which is really quite concerning. Because when you have community spread, you don't know the real source, the index case of where it's coming from, which makes the idea and the concept and the implementation of contact tracing much more difficult. Unfortunately, this is something that we expected. Whenever you have a respiratory disease that's easily transmissible, you're going to get community spread and it's going to become difficult to pinpoint the source of each and every infection. And that's exactly what we're seeing in Washington state and now in several other states throughout the country. It's going to make our job much more
0: challenging. That's Dr. Anthony Fauci saying the U.S. could see a lot more community related cases of coronavirus. But apparently the doctor who's been in the uh, field for well over 30 years does not know as much as those in talk radio are saying there's nothing to fear and there's no pandemic. Apparently he hasn't learned uh, about the epidemic from talk radio so you you know take your information from where it comes now. I have Been concerned about health Situations virtually my whole life because of illnesses in my family when I was young and the whole story it made me very health conscious so I went into you know a health sciences field I Earned two master's degrees both were published in major journals my dissertations My PhD was published as a book, and those of you in academia know what that means. It's very rare. Most PhD dissertations are fluff, mean mean nothing. My doctorate was actually published as a book by the United Nations way back when. Does it mean I'm an expert in virology? Not at all, but I can read literature and I know what's going on in this field. So I've been trying to give you some tips, practical tips to follow to reduce the risk of contracting this particular coronavirus. But it's related in very in many many broad ways to what I wrote in 1986 in my book Maximum Immunity: How to Fortify Your Natural Defenses Against Cancer, AIDS, Arthritis, Allergies, Even the Common Cold and Free Yourself From a Necessary Worry for Life. The book is not available it may be here and there. I'm not trying to make any money on it because you can't find it except used copies. But it was so popular. Didn't have a radio show. It went into four languages, very proudly so, because I became very interested in the field and I studied with people who knew a lot about immunology, and uh, it worked for me for most of my life and for my children. And of course, you know, age time catches up with everybody. And uh, after many a summer dies, the swan. After many a summer, the swan gets sick, no matter who you are. But in general, the advice is still good, whether it was then or now. And so what can you do? Don't shake hands. Use a fist bump. Use only uh, your knuckle to touch elevator buttons. I was in the city the other day. I <laughs> Someone said, well, you're crazy. You're not touching the elevator button. No. I said, this building has lots of people from India, China, living in it. No, I don't touch the button. I use like a sleeve <laughs> to touch the button. It doesn't matter if people think you're weird. What do you care if they think you're weird? Use disinfectant wipes at the grocery store. Most uh, modern stores have disinfectant wipes. Wash your hands with soap to 10 to 20 seconds. Use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. Um, you should store, uh, this is important. It's very important. When you get home from being outdoors in, in, in a city or anywhere, remove your shoes at the doorway after returning from the outdoors because infectious virus can be passed on for up to a week or more on your shoes or on your own clothing, by the way. So is this paranoid or reasonable precautions? It depends upon who you are. Many of you don't care, and you, you don't have to care. Now, this virus, you should know, is spread in large droplets by coughing and sneezing. That means the air itself cannot infect you. But all the surfaces where these infected droplets end up are infectious for up to a week, for up to a week. Did you hear me? Up to a week. So the virus can be on surfaces, and um, you will not be infected unless your unprotected face is directly coughed or sneezed on. Now, here's an interesting fact. This virus only has cell receptors for lung cells. It only infects your lungs, which is very intriguing and it tends to go toward the conspiracy theory that it was bioengineered. It only infects your lungs. It knocks you on your behind. The morbidity rate is very high. And the only way for the virus to get to you is through your nose or mouth via your hands or an affected cough or sneeze directly into your nose and mouth. So remember, It is lung-specific, lung-specific. What else can you do? Well, as I described in many of my books during the 70s and 80s when I was writing health books, there are ways to stimulate your immune system. Apparently, this information didn't get uh, west of the Mississippi River, uh, down in certain regions of America. It's not believed that vitamins work. They're the last people left in America who don't know anything about stimulating their immune system. Uh, But maybe you do, and maybe every intelligent person on the earth does, understand that certain nutrients stimulate your own immune system. Vitamin C amongst them, the most important. Linus Pauling was a genius uh, 50 years ahead of his time. Dr. Robert F. Cathcart III, who you never heard of, was one of my best friends, and he uh, developed the Cathcart bowel tolerance hypothesis, which I won't go into right now. But a little bit of vitamin C does nothing, and most of the vitamin C is, is um, garbage. And you need to take powdered vitamin C, and that's a whole story unto itself, which I don't want to get into right now. Vitamin A is important. Zinc is important. And interestingly enough, let me talk about zinc for a minute. Zinc lozenges, which you know are sold in supermarkets right now, actually block the coronavirus and most other viruses uh, from multiplying in your throat and nasopharynx. And when you feel any cold-like symptoms, whether it's the flu or a cold, why don't you take a zinc lozenge, let the lozenge dissolve in the back of your throat and nasopharynx, and any of these brands will be good. The zinc itself is very powerful, and they're in lozenges. Now, I hope that this pandemic can be contained. Uh, But most who have studied it, including Dr. Fauci, says it won't be. The only people who are sure it won't be are those who know nothing about anything but pretend to know everything about everything. And so I'm telling you to take common sense precautions going from handshaking to what vitamins to take. And so I've asked you again today, have you changed your lifestyle in any way? Have you taken any precautions? Some of you have not. And I don't know why you wouldn't. I have no idea it would be common sense not to. Even in China, as I told you, they're telling people not to shake hands anymore. How can you say you're not changing your lifestyle? How can you be that ignorant? I don't understand it. Is it that easy to brainwash an entire population and thinking, oh, come on, this is hard. Just the Democrats trying to hurt Donald Trump. <laughs> How could you believe that? How can you listen to this rubbish and believe that? My job is very simple. My job is to help you protect yourself, to protect you. That's what it's all about. It's not about me. It's not about the president. It's not about other talk show hosts. I am trying to slow the spread of the virus to help both the people and the president, by the way, indirectly. This is what my higher education was for, to help people, to bring them knowledge and enlightenment, and to help you get through this uh, as best as we can and reduce your risk of contracting. it. what is wrong with that? Isn't it irresponsible to tell people there's nothing to worry about, there's no pandemic, it's overblown? Don't you think that's irresponsible? I do, by the way. If you don't, you're putting yourself at risk and everyone around you at risk, incidentally. So let's take some callers on the uh, Savage Nation and uh, see where this is going. Um, What should I begin with? Someone says, watch about mail, don't handle mail. I don't get any mail. Who gets mail anymore? I don't receive welfare checks every other mail today is all privatized the important mail. private companies <laughs> bypass the USPS a long time ago FedEx the other companies they're great companies they're private companies mail comes overnight you order something on Amazon I don't understand a company like this to get it the next morning I don't know how this works it's over the fe- over the fence the next morning Amazon I don't know what to do with all the boxes you talk about waste. Whenever you order a bottle of vitamins, a sock, a shoe, uh, a scarf, there it is the next day. It's unbelievable. That's why all the stores are going out of business. I've never seen an efficient a nation as efficient as this. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't get mail. If I was on welfare, I'd get mail. I don't get government checks. It's all junk mail that I get in the mailbox. Or uh, people send me mail from prisons, which I never open. Uh, I, for years, I get mail from prison. I don't mind if you write from prison, but I don't really open the mail. I'm sorry to tell you. I get 15-page letters from poor people behind bars. I can't help you. And I don't even see the letters. They're not opened by me. They're opened by assistance. So um, here we go. What are you doing to prevent the spread? Anything D in Philadelphia? Welcome to the Savage Nation. Have you changed your lifestyle in any way?
3: Yes. I'm not going to the flower show, and that's here in Philadelphia below me. I'm in Norristown.
1: It's not worth the risk of my health. Also, I've been doing the hip bump just like you for years on the doors. And also, where it has a handle, I use between my
3: elbow and my wrist and pull down.
0: I like it. No, there's certain tricks to opening doors without touching them. It's a, I should do a whole booklet on it.
1: Even if it has a handle, you still don't have to touch it. It's no,
0: up- you got a knee. What, what did God give you a knee or an elbow for? Don't <laughs> All- <laughs> <laughs> no, think about it. I mean, there's 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 things in our body we don't even use, like the appendix is a vestigial organ. We could say that the elbow was put here just to open doorknobs during epidemics.
1: <laughs> and I don't have a car, so I have to use public transportation.
0: Oh, that's a that's a, that's a a big one. So what do you do when you go on a bus or something?
1: Well, I have to put, I have because this time of year it's so cold, I have a scarf around my neck, so I cover my nose and my mouth when I'm out in public. And people look at me like I'm strange.
0: Well, you know what? Again, you're strong enough not to care what they think of you. Let them look at you like you're strange. No. Actually, <laughs> a, another benefit to that is they'll, they won't come near you.
1: No, 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 they just look at me straight
0: like, who is that? Hey, I've been a weirdo all my life. I'm not afraid of people ostracizing me. (laughs) I I got a a great line for you. It's a sign I keep in my house. You want to hear it? I was weird before it was cool.
1: Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) I was weird before it was cool, man. I I don't really care what people think of me. Of course, we all want to be liked and loved, but you can't do things for the herd. The herd has to follow, and the herd should follow those who know more than they know. And they shouldn't follow false prophets. It's the most dangerous thing. 855, again, I tried to explain the difference between morbidity and mortality. Something not taught west of the Hudson River. Well, west of the Hudson River it may be taught but not west of the Mississippi, down in Missouri. They don't know the difference between morbidity and mortality. It's basic epidemiology. In fact, the CDC puts out a pamphlet every week called morbidity and mortality. I learned it the first week of grad school. So while the mortality rate is relatively low for this virus, the morbidity rate is very high. That means the infection is pretty powerful, and the duration of the infection is quite long. It debilitates people. And also the reinfection rate is something to worry about. That's something, again, uh, you have to study in order uh, to learn. So I hope you are taking commonsensical steps to slow the spread of the virus, to help both the people and, in fact, the president indirectly. You understand what I'm saying? 855 400 Even animals are catching
1: the virus. Can you believe this one? Back in a minute. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand.
0: It is the Savage Nation. God bless America. God bless Talk Radio, God bless intelligence and education, and God bless the experts out there who are reasonably warning the world to take precautions and not trying to lull them into a false sense of security. Now, I tweeted something 18 hours ago that's gotten an enormous r- response, and I say as a trained epidemiology epidemiologist, please ask me why a high cluster of cases appeared in Iran. And I speculated because Chinese scientists were in Iran working on a bioweapon which escaped. And that's one possibility. There were also, there's another possibility that Chinese scientists were in Iran at home working on a nuclear weapon in order to destroy Israel. And they brought the infection into Iran. Either way, it looks to me like Chinese workers or scientists brought it to Iran. You should know that the epicenter of this epidemic ground zero uh is considered to be the wuhan seafood market now the wuhan seafood market is only 20 miles from the national biosafety laboratory at the wuhan institute of virology what does that mean well look into it and if you look at the the virus itself virologists have found that covid19 has a unique sequence about 1,378 nucleotide base pairs long that is not found in related coronaviruses, not found in related coronaviruses. But the Indian specialists who found this claimed that they identified genetic similarities in this unique material, the sequence, between this virus, COVID-19 and HIV-1. What does that mean? it means that it's a strong possibility that as has been speculated the chinese scientists um, took it's a pretty big jump but it's been studied they took an hiv virus and they bioengineered a pseudovirus by putting a sars-like cov in an hiv envelope that is what is being speculated on the internet by people who know what the hell they're talking about. They put a SARS-like COV in an HIV envelope, and it worked. And then it was used to infect bats in the experiments. And then a SARS-like COV 12 years ago, begins to, 12 years afterwards, sweeps the globe that is more infectious than previous outbreaks. So what does that mean? Well, I don't know if you want to speculate on what it means It's one thing, but how does it affect you as another? Well, on, on a basic level, you have to take reasonable precautions, as I have spelled out on the show for the last hour and a half. And if you missed the commonsensical steps you can take to reduce your risk of contracting this virus, uh, you can catch it on my podcast later on in about an hour after the show. Common sensical steps that anyone would take except those in talk radio who think they know everything about everything and sadly know nothing about
1: this. Michael Savage, a host like no other. We'll move
0: off the corona for a minute uh, in a couple of minutes with Joel Pollack from Breitbart to talk about the politics of the day, Super Tuesday, uh, Biden and his chances. But I, I need to finish up with something. The president just gave a speech during the break where he announced, and I was quite pleasantly surprised, that he met with pharmaceutical executives today to start remanufacturing uh, pharmaceuticals here in America because the Chinese very cleverly stole all of our technology and were manufacturing most of the important drugs that we need here. Do you remember I had this on my show about 10 days ago? I had an expert on this topic. Do you remember? Raise your hand if you remember it. Remember, we talked about it. It's on one of my podcasts, how the Chinese very cleverly uh, have now decided. I remember I had a woman on who wrote a book on it. I happened to have sent that podcast to the White House when I did it, right after I did it. I have no idea whether it had an effect upon the president. It was very smart, but he jumped on this right away, and now he gave a speech just now saying that he's going to encourage in any way possible these pharmaceutical companies to start remaking drugs like penicillin. Um, blood pressure medicine, which the Chinese very cleverly stole from us and took to China to make. It's unbelievable what they've done to us. This president has the guts to stand up to them and bring it back here. And if I had some small effect through this show and podcast, I thank you, the audience, for giving me the opportunity to have this show and podcast. And now we're going to move away from the coronavirus just for a moment and talk with a man who knows a lot about politics, Joel Pollack who has a law school, a law degree from Harvard University, and he is at Breitbart, writes great articles. Joel Pollack, welcome to the Savage Nation. Thanks for being with us.
3: Great to be back with you again.
0: So I'm going to shift from the, shift from the coronavirus to the Super Tuesday and old Joe winning that uh, that absurd election down in South Carolina, which is kind of a closed shop. Don't you think the South Carolina win is not that predictive of the next several uh, Super Tuesday uh, contests.
3: Well, Bernie Sanders is leading by a wide margin in California. And number two in California in the latest polls is Mike Bloomberg. So that's Hmm. for Joe Biden. Bernie is also leading in Texas, according to some of the latest polls. And those two states together will pull a lot of delegates in for Bernie Sanders. He's also leading in a number of other states.
0: Uh, let, Let me interject for a minute. The reason California and Texas are going for this socialist uh, Bernie Sanders, this communist, really. He's a Bolshevik through and through. Is because it's filled with illegal aliens who vote illegally, by the way. And they all want something for free.
3: Well, I think something else happened also, which is, in Iowa, at the debate in January, they had six candidates on stage. It was the first time that all of the candidates on stage were white. This is a party that prides itself on diversity, and they had an all-white stage And none of the candidates would attack. None of the candidates spelled out anything new. And even Van Jones on CNN said that he didn't think any of them could go toe-to-toe with Donald Trump. There was something that set in right before the Iowa caucuses where I think Democratic voters realized that their field of candidates was pretty weak. And I think many of them started to turn to Sanders because in their heart of hearts, they share a lot of his socialist beliefs. They just don't vote for them because they don't think they
0: can win. But but I want to be clear, Joel, you would, you would agree with me that he's not a Netherlands-type socialist. He's a hardcore uh, Castro-like communist, wouldn't you say?
3: I'll say this. His view of the Netherlands and Scandinavia and so forth is disastrously outdated. Those countries have all moved in a pro-market direction because socialism didn't turn out so well. And yes. so he's selling us on 1970s Sweden, which might have been nice when the 1970s were happening, but didn't really hang around for very long. And so he's giving us an outdated system that even at its best didn't do very well. And he has defended the Castro regime. He's defended other regimes. The supporters go even further. He's got Elon Omar there, who blames the United States for the collapse of socialism in Venezuela, among other things she has said. And last night, I was actually at the Bernie Sanders rally here in L.A., and he had speakers there talking about the problems with the police and the LAPD and attacking the police and so
0: forth. No, no, he's a very dangerous, evil man. In fact, there's an article I linked uh, by Rabbi Michael Barclay, who says Sanders becoming president would damage American Judaism more than anything since the Holocaust.
3: Well, I think... What's interesting is that he has discovered that labeling himself as Jewish is a good thing. He didn't feel that way four years ago, apparently. No,
0: no, it, he, he was a communist all his life. He disavowed his Judaism all his life. And I said on the show the other day that he uses Judaism as a weapon against those who would attack him, saying you're an anti-Semite if you criticize him.
3: I think there was a period where he took an interest in it. He did go to Israel and volunteer on a, on a socialist
0: well, come on, but you know, many, many is, at that time, Israel was largely a socialist country. It was founded by socialists. Everyone should know that. Israel was a socialist nation, which is why Russia gave it the final vote back when it was created in 1947, because it was a socialist country.
3: Yeah, and I should add, Noam Chomsky also volunteered on the Kibbutz for a few months. It does,
0: it does, right, these are not religious Jews. They would spit on a Torah. They don't have any, any affiliation with the, with the religion itself. And they mock those who do. He's a very dangerous Bolshevik. But here's the question. Could this bum win?
3: Well, yes, I I think he could. And and look, I think he's, he's playing it much more wisely this time. He actually showed up at some Jewish events in Iowa before the caucus. He's trying to show that he's not so far outside the mainstream. Again, his problem is that he surrounded himself with people who are outside the mainstream.
0: How could a Jew vote for a man who associates with someone who wants Israel to stop existing and who disavows and hates Jews and calls Netanyahu a racist? How could a Jew vote for him?
3: It's a good question. And in fact, Netanyahu right now is looking set to win the Israeli election based on the exit polls. Partly, I think, because of Bernie Sanders. I think Israeli voters saw that he was doing well in the Democratic primary and thought, hang on a second. We actually need to keep Netanyahu around because he's a tough leader who could take on Bernie Sanders in the event he became president.
0: And he couldn't what, about Bi- what about Biden, Joel? What about Biden? We know that he's got some memory issues. It's kind of sad to watch. There's no point in mock- mocking a man who's sick. <clears throat> Can this guy go the distance?
3: No, I don't think so. And I think the strategy right now in the Democratic Party is to push him as far as the convention, deny Bernie Sanders. A majority so they have to go to a second ballot and then come up with a surprise candidate on that second ballot I don't know if it's gonna work because the Sanders people will raise holy hell in the streets of Milwaukee but that I think is the plan they don't think Biden can go the distance today I think he confused Super Tuesday with super Thursday mm. so for- forgot some of the mm-hmm. of the Declaration of Independence and yeah. he did not necessarily all there, but I think he's become a vehicle for the party establishment to try to keep Bernie.
0: Right. He's the centrist. Great uh, hope of the centrist to, to carry the mantle and be a figurehead. Who do you think, by if Biden is the nominee, and I pray it's him, not Bernie the communist, who would who would uh, he most likely pick as a running mate, Biden?
3: Kamala Harris would be the most likely running mate. Oh,
0: God. What a mistake that would be. God. Why wouldn't he pick Amy Klobuchar?
3: Well, the reason he wouldn't pick her is that she's from a state that is not going to carry a lot of electoral votes. And also, there are some boxes to check. You know, having potentially the first female African-American president.
0: Oh, we got to go through, through affirmative action now? Okay, great. That, that should help America greatly. Not, not, quality, not quality, just skin color. The opposite of what Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. taught us, to not judge people by the color of their skin, but the, but the color of their character.
3: The the other thing about Harris is that she doesn't really offend anybody in the Democratic coalition. She got a bit of pushback over her record as a prosecutor, such as it was in San Francisco, but she doesn't really offend anybody, and so I think she would be acceptable to most. Now, that is all bets are off if Sanders is somehow pushed out. His supporters are in the mood for a fight. They don't like... Biden. They don't like Buttigieg. They don't like they don't really like anybody else except Bernie.
0: So if somehow they may. Right. They want a, They want a Bolshevik revolution in America. That's what they want. So who, who, would, who would this who would this evil, evil, evil Bernie Sanders pick, Joel, as his running mate? Elon Omar.
3: I think one of the likelier picks would probably be Tulsi Gabbard, because she supported Bernie Sanders. In 2016, she's loyal to him, even though she's running theoretically against him. She resigned from the Democratic National Committee in the last election because of the way they treated Sanders. He's got the same views on foreign policy as she does. And even though they disagree over Medicare for all, I think it's the only issue they really have a strong disagreement about. I think she would follow along in his way. The the issue for her supporters that really binds them to her is the war issue. She's very anti-war and so are many of Bernie's supporters. And I think she would also bring a lot of extras to the ticket. She's younger than him, much younger, obviously. She's a military veteran, so she would she would balance out a lot of the things that he doesn't have.
0: Oh no, I like her. I don't like all of her politics, but I like her personally as, as a politician. She's very attractive. She's very smart. I disagree with her on many issues. Uh, but I pray to God that he doesn't pick her because she's just liable to help this man get into the presidency, which would be a disaster for America and the entire world. Joel Pollack, thank you so much again for taking the time to be with us on The Savage Nation. And Joel Pollack can be followed on uh, Breitbart, where he has been uh, for many years, since 2011. And I want to thank you very much, Joel. Thanks for being with us. Thanks so much. Now I'm going to turn back for a minute to the... um, Coronavirus, before we take a break and come into the closing minutes of the show, in the first hour and a half, I gave you new data about the virus and how to best protect yourself against contracting the virus. I just want to repeat something that you may not have heard, which is even though it has a low case fatality rate of 0.7% in other parts of China, now the case fatality rate of this virus that is, the percentage of known infected people who die is between 2 and 4% in Hubei province, which is where the epicenter of the disease is. It's pretty really high, 2 to 4%. But it's 0.7% in other parts of China. So people say, oh, well, don't worry about it. Well, listen to this. Even a low case fatality rate of 0.7%, which means 7 out of every 1,000 infected people would die, is very worrisome because that is seven times the fatality rate of seasonal flu, which is estimated to kill between 290,000 and 650,000 people a year globally. This is what happens when you study these issues instead of blowing hot air out of your ears. This is nothing to be ignored. Everyone is taking it seriously, except blowhards in the media.
1: Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation.
2: Well, I'm not sure how much information that needs to be shared. There is no direct antiviral drug for the coronavirus, so it isn't as if you have a specific therapy. What you do is you give supportive therapy to people.
0: The vast majority of people, about 80 percent... This is well-known. Okay, there, there is no treatment, really, other than supportive care, intensive care therapy for those who get advanced diseases requiring it. And um, yes, the majority of people... Uh, recover But it's a slow recovery Called morbidity. That's what I'm trying to explain the difference between morbidity and mortality number one Secondly the mortality rate while low is still rather high compared even to the flu and so although we're in the I would say we're not even in the babies of this outbreak in America we're in the infancy of this outbreak in America not even in the childhood of the outbreak in this nation. So if you want to be cavalier about it and say you don't need to take any precautions, I would say, okay, but you know, you're not doing yourself or anyone around you uh, any favors by taking such a, uh, a cavalier or macho attitude towards it. I think reasonable precautions of the type I described on this show would make sense. And if you think that you don't want to do it, well, you'd be alone in not doing it. You'd be in a very small minority of people who think that there are no precautions to be taken because most intelligent people are already taking precautions. You may be the last few who don't because you're so trapped in your doxy of, quote, I'm a conservative and it's all a liberal conspiracy. I don't have to listen to this. It's all made up by the Democrats. If you want to believe that, you really are an ignoramus. more people died of coronavirus in Washington state. Again, a small number. Uh, This is not panic. This is reasonable precautions. Reasonable precautions are followed by reasonable people. Do you understand that? And that's all I want to say to you on this. Um, Let's see. Today is Monday. I have to make a, I guess, say something about it. People have been asking. And I'll say it again. On December 5th of 2019, something happened to me. I was in the hospital, and I'm still recovering from it. I'm doing well. You can hear I sound strong, thank God. Knock wood, I'm knocking my wooden desk. But I'm taking a day or two here and there during the week from my show to make sure my recovery is perfect and complete, and I'm getting there. And it's going to take me a while longer to get back to full speed. It's that simple. So if you enjoy the show, listen to the show. If you miss the show, you can catch it on a podcast when I do the show. Uh, I hope to have a full and total recovery within a short period of time. Uh, And I'm following every reasonable precaution uh, that I can to not have a recurrence. It's that simple. Is it easy? No. Even though I have been rather strict, very, very strict in my lifestyle most of my life, I went off the reservation for the last couple of years owing to stress and arrogance. And I thought I didn't have to take certain precautions. I thought I was past the point where anything could happen to me like that. And then you wind up on your back in an emergency room, you realize that you can't let your guard down for a minute when it comes to your health and that's why i have gone out of my way with this epidemic to try to help you avoid getting knocked on your behind with this illness because although you the likelihood is you will, will recover you will be down for a long period of time and there are secondary infections etc moreover it is not a service to your family or community to walk around and infect others if you uh, uh, are carrying this uh, particular uh, virus So again, if you want to know more about it, you can listen to the podcast today, which will be posted in about an hour. And uh, later on in the week, we'll come back. I'll be back with you after Super Tuesday to talk about what happens. I pray to God that God intervenes and does not let this Bolshevik, anti-American, anti-Semite Bernie Sanders beat Biden. I'm actually rooting for Biden, if you can believe it. You heard me. Well, anyway, thanks for listening. Michael Savage saying goodbye until the next time.
1: The Westwood One Podcast Network.